welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Cherry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in their everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast. I am really excited to be with you today because I wasn't sure it was going to happen. This has been a challenging week for lots of reasons, but most of them just technical. But uh, nonetheless, uh, by Tuesday, I had called my friend Stephanie to tell her what was going on. And I said, you know, I haven't cried yet, but the day's young. (laughs) It was just one of those situations that you just think, okay, and then it would get worse okay, uh, I really don't know what I'm going to do to fix this. And it was just really defeating. You have this real defeating sense about what's going on as if there's no way this is going to work out. (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And, you know, one of my daughters is going through a situation like that, and it's really permeating other environments. You know how that can happen? You just really don't know how you're going to get a handle on it. And it can even be very serious. We have these sets of friends that... Over the weekend, they're, uh, they've got this knock on the door that you really don't want as a parent by the police that said, you know, their daughter had been in this serious accident and they needed to come right now. That is not the news that you want. And that is very defeating because you do not know what you're going to do. Well, that can be any situation. And it's not unusual, is it? We have those kind of things that come up. They're very defeating on the inside because the realities, they're not always just this sense. It could be maybe an unexpected, large um, amount of money that has to come out of your bank account unexpectedly. It could be something at your job that is just not working and it's really impacting other areas or it's threatening your employment. It could be just relationships, uh, serious elements. Maybe it was a fine and now it's clearly not fine. And it's very serious or maybe you're just failing at something that you cannot fail at and there are large consequences if you do and you don't know how to get on top of it I mean all kinds of things or there can be things going on at home in your relationships there that are are very serious that uh, you, you don't know what to do all, all sorts of these things go on with us that bring a sense of defeat you and I cannot get beyond. And it's really a reality for us. There's, And if there's no divine intervention, we know that it is not going to be okay. You can't see any light at the end of the tunnel. There's not any light at all. Just a lot of darkness. And the reason I know that it's not just you and it's not just me is recently, I just looked in my own circle. I have uh, hundreds and hundreds of people who have signed up to be a little bit more involved and they get updates and free stuff from uh, the website. I went through them this summer just kind of looking around to see what we're doing well and what we need to improve on and what is resonating and I'm telling you hands down over and over again the topics that were resonating were on discouragement and that really spoke to me about what the needs are and what we need to talk about and address more because that is so prominent in where we are in life right now. But the other reason I know that 
it is a big issue is because Jesus tells us it is. And he tells us that we should expect it. It's We, we don't want it, so we don't want to think that it's going to be normal, but it is. But the Bible is so clear. It's so instructive and so encouraging. He doesn't leave us alone to figure it all out in our defeated state. So today, I want to look at one example and talk about three things to help us remember when we feel defeated because we're not left alone. We're going to be in Second Chronicles today talking about this idea along the life of King Asa. Now we're going to look at him. He's sort of a mixed bag because he doesn't finish life well. But he's like you and me, except the, he is a king. You and I are not royalty in the worldly sense. Other than that, he was someone who very much resembles you and me. He believed God was faithful and trustworthy, except the times when he didn't. <laughs> I think that that probably can resonate with, with a lot of us, and that sizes most of us up right there. But today I want to zero in on a point in history when the king is faced with a very menacing predicament. Now, kings have certain problems that you and I don't have, but I think we can relate. It's not unexpected, this problem that he faces. It's just the worst-case scenario for a king. So you and I would have our own worst-case scenarios that we're going to face. So in his situation that we're going to look at today, the kingdom is about to be crushed by a bad guy and his one million troops. Now, not only does this situation demonstrate God's faithfulness to hear and respond, but it's going to show us what hope that is awakening in a person's life can look at. And I'm just telling you, I've been thinking so much about this idea of how hope awakens, and it's totally a Holy Spirit deal, because I'm in the middle of writing a devotional for a season of hope that America World does this time of year, and I just can't get away from it, that God is in the process of developing hope in us and growing it, and He's about to do that in uh, the King's life right here, and there's a lot we can take away from that. So, the situation is found in chapter 14, and I'm going to start at verse 9. I'm just going to tell you the situation. So, there is the bad guy, and he's known as Zerah, the Ethiopian. Now, what I learned in uh, studying this is there's a little discrepancy on exactly who this guy is. They could just be somebody who took over the kingdom in Egypt. And he's the new Pharaoh in Egypt. He's just coming down from that area, that general area. is known as a Cushite. And so that's who they think this might be. And he's coming out against him with this, this major army. They're listing it as a million men. And another version says a thousand of thousands, which is the largest number they can come up with in terms of an army. So it's really, really big coming against him. And they came as far as Merishah. And Asa went out to meet him. And they drew up their lines of battle in the valley of Zephath at Merishah. And the first thing that really struck me is that the king went out. So here he has this fortress that he could stay in. It's walled. He could stay there. And what struck me is that they make a point of saying how he went out. He didn't stay there. And where scholars believe he went out was very strategic. And he went out to this valley that was like more like a ravine. It was it was skinny. So that when he went out, it would place him on more of an equal footing with the enemy. Because he could not put his one million 
soldiers in there at the same time. So he could only put a small amount of people in there, which made it more equal when he's coming up against the enemy, which was military genius, given the odds. What we see here happening is that Asa is using every means within his power possible. No matter what God was going to choose to do in his situation, the king had utilized every resource and ounce of wisdom he possessed in order to participate in his situation. This was bad. This was really bad. But he didn't just sit back and whine and wish it were different. He got busy thinking, okay, what am I going to do? I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know if he's going to deliver me through this. I do not know what's going to happen. But the best strategy I can use is to take my guys out there and sort of get on an even playing field. And this is what we're going to do. So that's what he does. And I think that's really key for us because he did not shrink back in fear or discouragement. I mean, it looks bad. It really looks bad. But he did not do what I would tend to do which is shrink back and be scared to death. He does not do that. He went out. He did not stay out of the battle because it was hopeless from the get-go. He went out. And I think that's the first thing we need to remember. The second thing he does comes in the next verse. So he's out there. He's going out to meet him. And in in the heat of the battle, here he goes. He's going out. He did not stay put. And Asa cried out to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. So he's crying out. He's been faithful and bold in his going forward because he didn't shrink back. He did not hesitate to make it known where the victory would lie if it came. He's not talking about, look at me and my bad self. Look how smart I am, and look at me going out boldly before the enemy. No, 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 no. He's not doing that. He is throwing it out there on the Lord and he's saying, look, Lord, if you, if we get through this, it's going to be on you and you're the one who is going to bring the victory, regardless of how large the army is or how strong we prove to be in battle. It's all on you. And, and what I love about this is he says, it's going to be on the Lord's name because the Lord's name is what it's at stake. It's not the king's name. He knows who is in charge of this. He knows. This is a good guy here. He understands God's sovereignty and who is in charge of the battle. And it's not the king. And I think that is so important for us to remember. He cried out to who could make a difference in the battle and who could, and understands who cannot. So we, he went out and then he cried out. Those are two key components when we feel defeated and we look at our circumstances and it looks pretty defeating. We want to remember, we want to use all our resources and and absolutely come out to the battle, whatever that is. And then we want to remember to cry out and go to the one who can make a difference. But there's something else that happens here. So the next thing that happens in the battle is that the Lord comes through and brings victory. But there's a reason for it. He has method to the madness. So verse 12, he says, So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. But he's not done. So although the battle is over, he's not done with the lesson. So after the victory, he's not finished dealing with the king. There is this hope 
extending experience that sort of stretches beyond the result of this single event. Immediately following the victory, God sends this obscure encourager out to meet him. And this is in the same uh, area. This is now moving into chapter 15. And so it says in the first verse, the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. His message was hope-filled, spurring the king on to seek the Lord and the people. It came with a warning of what was going to happen if they didn't seek him. And we really can't skip over that because he does issue this warning. Now to demonstrate the point, in the next verses, he sort of gives the rundown on all the ways the kings before him have blown it by not seeking and relying on God and how not to be like them. (laughs) And then in verse seven, we see this in this word of encouragement. He says to the king, but you take courage. Do not let your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded. This encounter, this moment, where he comes out and meets him and tells him, you seek the Lord, but you take courage. You do not stop. You do not let your hands be weak because there's reward in this. It's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be worth it. This is what he's communicating. It set such a fire under the king at this moment. We have verse after verse of things that he began to do. It was if, it was as if, you know, nobody knew that I mean, this is on the heels of a great victory. I mean, this is amazing what God just did. But something else was going on in this king. This king was defeated internally. And we don't really know what that was about, but that's the sense that you get because there was something else that the Lord needed to do. There was more work that needed to be done. He needed to take some courage to do the thing that God wanted him to do. There was more things that he needed him to do. And there was something about the encouragement that this nobody from nowhere had to pop out an issue. That's the encounter that God gives him. That is how deeply your God cares about you to come out of nowhere and say, yes, I'm there. And that's what's happening here with this king. And I love that because sometimes we are so defeated and we are so discouraged on the inside. There's so much work to do and God is willing to do it with us. So he says to him, take courage. So sometimes we've done all we can. We've stepped out in faith. We've used all our resources and there's nothing left to offer. So we've prayed and God has shown himself to be faithful. And you know the gospel to be true and trustworthy, but there is still more to experience. And When I've come across this as I'm reading scripture and I find these words touch my eyes and penetrate my heart, but you take courage. Don't let your hands be weak. That speaks to the work I'm in the middle of because my hands get weak. I get tired of doing the work and I forget and lose sight of the goal. Let me be this obscure fellow that we meet in scripture here that doesn't show up anywhere else and be that encouragement for you to take courage and not to let your hands be weak knowing that your labor's not in vain don't slack off sister get out there he has meaning 
for you in the work that he's called you to do and he's there to encourage you today don't be defeated remember these things to go out to cry out and to take courage and i'm so thankful to be able to share this with you today and i look forward to being with you next time thank you again for tuning in today we will be releasing a new episode every week I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing a resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.